What a wonderfully horrific day. What a time to be eternal. Sir, if I may. In a moment, Balthazar. I'd like to take a walk and admire my kingdom. Hello, man who wants to spend eternity standing in line at the DMV. Hey. Hello, demon who removes the tongues of liars. Good day, sir. Hello, Karen. Curse to constantly try to find a manager to complain about an issue you've already forgotten. Uh, excuse me. Are you the manager? Nope. But keep looking, though. I'm sure they're around here somewhere. Psych! <laughs> and hello, man. Cursed to have his testicles constantly removed by a dull, rusty letter opener. This is a mistake. I don't deserve to be here. I... I... Wait. What did he say? I feel so invigorated, so refreshed, so deliciously evil. Yes, uh, about that. What is it, Balthazar? Today, in fact. Just hours from now, in Earth time. It will be November the 1st. And WTF does that mean to me, perchance? Well, sire, you are blood contract bound to take him back. I don't know what you're... No. Not, not him. Shit. I am afraid so, sire. Forgotten horror is ending for the year. Michael Butler must return. Sire. Sire? Let's just... Let's just enjoy the silence one last time. <sighs> Down to Earth, the trash! You can't, you want I don't to go into a garbage can and go, oh, it smells Why so can't you good. That, was that big of plate of fish guts or whatever looked and reminded me of the big giant plate of potatoes and stuff that Sloth eats in the goons. <laughs> Because I don't want I don't want those people coming Direct at me. Draw your obsessive four questions to public. <laughs> Keep your flour away okay. from the stove. Stop making bread. Highly combustible. <laughs> no more days till Halloween. 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 No more days till Halloween. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And we've returned from the grave of podcast to bring you the five episode block of shows as you now enter Forgotten Horror Part Five: A New Beginning. Each episode, we discuss a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Maybe they were being attacked by a creature or chased down by a headless horseman while walking home from a pub. Or perhaps the movie didn't catch on with the audience in its initial run because they were pod people. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you survive the Silver Shamrock mask promotion, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. Our podcast is available on all platforms for your listening displeasure. What's up? Nothing. You got through the Silver Shamrock promotion saying one final time. I know, right? <laughs> I'm nice. proud of you. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks. Hey, hey, listen, after five times, you got to get used to it. You got to, you got it kind of becomes part of the canon, if you will. Ooh. So, you know, like, <laughs> so what's going on? How you been? I've been all right, uh, but I've uh, bought some masks for the kids I don't have. And, uh, you know, I hear that once uh, 930 rolls around on Halloween. Uh, something's going to happen nine. to him. 9.30? I think it's nine. You're nine. Right. It's nine. nine. <laughs> well, that's a little hint of what we're doing. 
So, Mike, what movie are we doing? We are doing Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. But not from that song. Not from the song, right. which was a little disappointing, which right. I think I, I told Field right before we started filming that. I was a little sad it wasn't in there. I was waiting. Let's do that. It's not a John Carpenter song, so we just wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, what's this about? I will tell you. You what don't even have a key up. You don't have a key up. Hospital emergency room doctor Daniel Dan Chalice <laughs> and Ellie Grimbridge, the daughter of a murder victim, uncover a terrible plot by small town mask maker Connell Cochran, a madman who's planning a Halloween mass murder utilizing an ancient Celtic ritual. The ritual involves a boulder stolen from Stonehenge, the use of silver shamrock masks, and a triggering device contained in a television commercial, all designed. To kill millions of children. That's it. That's, that's all right. That's all right. Awesome. Halloween three season of the wish. Obviously, this this is a sequel. Um, in a threequel. It's <laughs> of the Halloween franchise, but it obviously has nothing to do with the Halloween franchise. We'll probably get through that. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, so, anyways, Halloween three season of the wish has a runtime of ninety eight minutes. It's rated R. Production budget of two point five million dollars. It came out. On Friday, October 22nd, 1982. So it just celebrated its 40-year anniversary last year. Opening weekend, it did $6.3 million in a domestic and worldwide total of the same, because I assume it didn't have an international release, or at least I couldn't find one, was $14.4 million. Production company was Dino De Laurentiis Corporation and Deborah Hill Productions, distributed by Universal Pictures. Said it came out on the 22nd of October, 1982, went up against in a wide release, First Blood. You remember First Blood, Butler? Oh, no, I have never heard of that one. <laughs> uh, Jinxed and Monsignor and an unlimited release of The Sender. The week after, October 29th, you had a wide release of Class Reunion and It Came from Hollywood. And the week before, the 15th, you had a limited release of Ladies and Gentlemen and The Fabulous Stains. Excuse me. It's Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. That's the one big title. Uh, the only movie I've heard of in that entire breakdown was First Blood. That I've heard of it. First Blood. I kind of have heard from Class Reunion and Jinxed, but I never saw them. Like I know of them. They're just like such common titles that I don't know if I've seen them or not. Well, in the early 80s, it's the the beginning of, because you're talking Jaws, is, we always talk about how Jaws was the harbinger of. Multiplex um, cinema yes, films. Yeah. yeah, and that was 75, right? 77? Oh, I don't know. 75. Ooh, 75. It was 75. 75. Sorry. Star Wars. I know, I know. Um, that's that's what I'm confusing. Uh, and then obviously Star Wars came out in 77, then you just had blockbusters all the time. So this is not really a summer film. This is an October release. So I'm I was shocked that First Blood's October. That makes me think like they didn't really know. I was surprised yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. So you had, this was written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. Uh, we will get into that a little bit. He has directed Fright Night Part 2, Vampires, Los Muertos, and the TV miniseries It. He's also written Amityville 2, The Possession, Far From Home, and... He also wrote the films I just talked about, Friday, Friday Night Part 2, Vampires of Smortos, and I think he wrote it. Well, he wrote the screen, the teleplay, the I television. Uh, cinematographer was Dean Cundy, who was nominated for an Oscar for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He's also uh, did Halloween, the original, The Thing, Romancing the Stone, Back to the Future 2 and 3, and Jurassic Park. Composer was John Carpenter, obviously, and Alan Howarth. The Carpenter does all his own movies. Um, Howarth is a sound did a, is more known for sound effects, so he's done the Huffer October, and he actually Star Trek two through six as a sound effects editor. Or, um, excuse me, as, as sound effects, not an editor. He's also a sound designer on Army of Darkness, edited by Millie Moore, who's done those lips, those eyes, and Good Guys Wear Black. 
and produced by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, which we'll probably get into all of that. Carpenter obviously produces all his films, but he also did the Philadelphia Experiment. And Deborah Hill is obviously also a partner with Carpenter, but she's also done the Dead Zone Clue, which is an episode we did yep. in the original Adventures in Babysitting. Well, Carpenter also did two movies we covered yep. as well. Oh, go ahead. So he covered Vampires. John we, Carpenter. We covered Vampires. vampires yep. We covered that. Uh, and then he also did. Uh-oh. You forgot. Oh, no. You've blanked. My brain. It was a forgotten horror film. No, it was a Jeff, Brid the Jeff Bridges movie. No. Yes. Jeff Bridges movie. No, it was we did Prince of Darkness. Oh, we also did Prince of Darkness, <laughs> but he also did. Oh, the, Starman. He did Starman. Right, so we've yeah. done three. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> good job. Good job. I forgot all about Prince of Darkness. That was a good one. Not those a big, good episodes. Check those out. <laughs> not a big cast. Tom Atkins is our lead as Daniel Chalice. He's from The Fog, Night of the Creeps, Lethal Weapon, and Striking Distance. Stacey Nelkin is Ellie Grimbridge, who's in Yellowbeard, Get Crazy, and Bullets Over Broadway. Daniel Herlihy plays Connell Cochran. He's, and he was nominated for an Oscar brother for Robinson Caruso. He's also in Waterloo, and he's the bad guy in RoboCop 1 and 2. He's, is he really the bad guy? Like, they point him out as a bad guy. He's the guy, corporate guy. He's the corporate guy. Yes. He's not the main bad guy. But he's still the, one of the best. He is one of the bad guys. He's got one of the best lines of movies. He goes, you're fired. Thank you. And then he blows the, the real bad guy out the window. I love that movie. All right. <laughs> Wendy Westberg as Teddy. She plays the woman that he keeps calling at the morgue or the, one of the techs that keeps looking at the same pieces. Uh, she is in not much after this. I think she has a couple guest spots. Garn Stevens as Marge. She's uh, more TV guest spots. She's also in a Quantum Leap episode. She played Gladys Love Presley in that Elvis Presley episode. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. And Nancy Keys as Linda Chalice. She's in The Fog. Saw them Precinct 13. And she played Nancy Loomis in Halloween 2. And then there's a couple of cameos. The commercial announcer. That's right, kids. Stand again in front of the... <laughs> that's Tommy Lee Wallace. And if you notice, Jamie Lee Curtis has a, a little cameo in here. She's the voice in the speakers for the town. She's the curfew announcer. And she's the telephone operator when he's calling. Oh, that's right. Trying yeah, to get stuff so done. So she's yeah. kind of... That is uncredited. Now, I want to get into, before we get into all the facts, let's get into some of the writing stuff, because um, I said that Tommy Lee Wallace was the writer of the movie, but actually the original writer was Nigel Neal, mm -hmm. who uh, he's on the Entertainer and Quartermass series. That's why he got the, or he got the initial ask to write the original script, because John Carpenter is a big fan of the Quartermass movies, or the Quartermass movies, excuse me. So he asked him to write this movie. He wrote it. They kind of went back and changed it because it wasn't gory enough. Uh, so like. Carpenter has an uncredited rewrite. Right. Wallace has a rewrite. And so then Neil sued to get his name off the project because he didn't like how violent it was. And he won. So he's not on the pro. So you only know him because I said it. Which I think is hilarious because I don't think the movie is violent enough. Uh, there isn't. It's not. It's not kind of like it's not um, gore horror too much in terms of some of the stuff. It's more creepy horror, more scary horror. See, I think thing. there's only like two creepy horror parts in it, but yeah, like I, I get what well, you're I saying. Think I'm saying what they're trying to go yeah, for. Yeah, it's very TV horror, except for two different moments, which we'll probably get into, but. This is rated R though, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. They also say the F word, so it has to be rated R. Oh, that's right. I yeah. don't even think. No, it is. You, it I don't is. even I think back then you get to. I said it was rated R. What did I, what did I, it's rated R. I said it in the freaking facts. Do you even get the one F word rule back then? Uh, like I don't know. I don't, thing? I don't know back in 82 because, um, this is before PG-13. Temple of Doom. So, so yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe it probably will. Well, it's also, people are dying. Kids are dying. I mean, that's where you're going to get the horror. That's where you're going to oh, get sure. that. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, so. just the F word that they say alone gets you though. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm not sure if you ever saw this film. No, I, well, I, there was a time during high school where I watched all the slasher films. Mm -hmm. Like I went through. Watched all the Jason films, all the Freddy films, and all the Mike Myers films. 
but I skipped Halloween three because everyone says it's so bad. It was also at the time very hard to find. True. Um, I was back, you know, in the mid two thousands. So, so, and it's technically, like we said, it's not really part of the franchise. It is part of the franchise. The original intent of the franchise for John Carpenter was to have it be an anthology. So it would be different stories that took place on Halloween. Right. Different directors, different writers. Kind of like a proto trick or treat. Right. I mean, Halloween two, he wasn't, he wasn't going to direct. Someone else was going to direct that. And he, they said, no, they passed. So he stepped in and took it. He also did it because he needed the money because they didn't get night. Cause this, I'm talking about John Carpenter. Right. No money from the first film. So when this comes out, three comes out, it was a different script. They turned it to Halloween three. The intent was obviously to make more of these. But I think after this movie, this movie did all right. It maybe didn't do gangbusters. It didn't do Michael budget. Myers movie. Right. Money, I think is where it went. he sold. Carpenter sold the rights to the Halloween franchise to, um, What's his face? Uh, did he? They sell it to Universal, or did they sell it to Mustafa Akkad? I think Mustafa. Okay, was. Universal only has rights to certain Halloween. He basically sold it, right? And, the, and that's when you had Michael Myers return Halloween four, and and and, yeah, and Loomis and, and Mike Myers somehow yeah. come back. <laughs> no <dead>. explanation. <laughs> that's fine. That's a, that's no big deal. Uh, so yeah, so that that's kind of like the the kind of the path. I'm sure I did I didn't do that justice. I'm sure there's other people out there that know much much more than I do, which is fine. Uh, but so anyways, that's why you have this film that has nothing to do with the franchise. So it's kind of a sequel, but it's really its own film, right? So it's your first time watching it. What were your initial uh, thoughts? I was a little disappointed uh, that it wasn't scarier. Mm-hmm. That I I was really the build up to these masks are going to do something. These masks are going to do something. It it was kind of interesting what the masks do, but that you didn't see more of it. And that you know I was really hoping the masks just took over the kids mm-hmm. and you kind of had like a Buffy the Vampire kids become their costumes kind of thing. What the masks end up doing is gross enough, and I liked it. <laughs> but I, I don't think you did enough of that. I like the ambiguous ending, but I really feel like you shouldn't have been ambiguous. Make it a darker ending. I really was hoping, you know, credits would crawl and you'd hear like the screams of children, which I think that's what they had planned. There was, yeah, there, I like there that was that ending. way yep. better. Yeah. So, um, yep. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. I think they could have gone into more. I was really also interested in the witches, witchcraft and technology angle being put together, mm-hmm. but it's a definite suspension of disbelief that a jokester salesman has <laughs> becomes, is like the richest man in the world and can build all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I don't think, you know, spirit, the owner of spirit Halloween is, Shaking hands with Elon Musk. I'm sure he makes a lot of money, but. Well, it's not exactly like uh, Colin Cochran's firing on all cylinders here. That's true. <laughs> but he's got so much money. He's building the automa- automatons and stuff like that. Right. But I thought it was interesting. I think it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the story was interesting enough to keep me entertained the whole way. Right. So the end that you were talking about. So for those who remember the ending and whoever watched, if you watched this movie beforehand, at the end of the film, he's, he's calling the news stations to have them take off the commercial because what ends up happening is the commercial airs and it sends out this like decoded message that enacts the mask to go off and create the, make all the kids die and keep, turn them into bugs and stuff like that. Right. Uh, so um, he gets it off the first two channels, but not the third one. I, like I, I understand this is 1982 and I know there's a limited amount of channels. I just don't know who he's calling and I don't know how what he thinks getting. he's affecting. Right. Yeah. When he even got it off the first two channels, like, did he really, or is that just a glitch? Yeah. And he got lucky. I don't think that person can pull any commercial. Yeah. I mean, and then there's one crazy guys. Yeah. Just- it's just silly. And then we're talking about how much money they have to spend to get airtime on all of these channels for this commercial, but whatever, regardless of that. So at the end of the film, they can't get the last one on. And he's screaming, he's saying like, turn it off, turn it off. Right. He's saying, shut it off, shut, shut it shut off, shut it off. Shut it off. It. He's just yelling. And then it ends with 
um, it just cuts. They don't see, you don't hear anything. It just cuts at him. It cuts to him off. going, no. So you don't know what happens in ambiguous, but in the original and it cuts to black. And what ends up happening here is the screams of millions of children being murdered. You just hear screams in the black. And in the novelization of this movie, uh, which was written by Dennis Etchison, it's, it describes how Chalice failed. It describes the endless screams of dying children were heard, quote, throughout the station, the town, and the land beyond. So it does end up happening in the book, right? but not in the movie, which I kind of, I'm okay with it, with it not being, it being ambiguous. See, um, I'm not. I, I think you need to end on a darker note. It ends, it gets really silly at the end, and it's like, you don't win. It's it's a Halloween movie. Right. You, it, you need to have that monster stabbing in the back at the very end. You know, you need to have that kind of jump at the end. Right. So the, that he loses works. But then I think we, you, what about something where you, you're, what about this, which we hate saying like, this is how you should make it. But what about it cuts off and then we cut to a house and the kid turns a channel and it's on another one. Like there's a, that's great channel. too. I yeah, like that too. Like yeah. That. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's fine. It, it, it works. It works. I think it works both ways. It's fine. I don't think it doesn't work ambiguous. You think you, I know you prefer, I prefer the other one, but it's not like, yeah, it's not like no. if he just wins mm-hmm. outright without some kind of stinger at the end, mm-hmm then I wouldn't like it for a horror film. Okay. So what else, what else kind of jumped out of you? Unless you got to all of them. That's pretty much it. I mean, I have questions and sure. you know, they're the little nitpicky things, but yeah. like they never really go through like Ellie was Ellie always an automaton or was she murdered? So, yeah. And that was the automaton. I was like, are we not going to even go? Over I, that? I wondered that as well. At the, at the end of the movie, Ellie like suddenly is a robot and, and she's attacking him and, it like this. It goes on for a little, for a while. It, it made me laugh. I liked yeah. it. I thought it was kind of like a nod to Evil Dead. It was very sure. Evil Dead esque. But I don't know if it's meant to be funny like that. If it's not, then <laughs> <laughs> when the hand comes back and he's clearly yeah. messing with somebody who's lying down on yeah. the ground holding he, his neck. But like he throw he throws the stuff away and he's just like, oh, fine, thank God. It's like, dude, you know it's not over. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I had that same question. Like, if she's a robot, why get in the car? Why go? Even even if you're saying they killed her and she was a robot from the end. Right. Why still help him? Why still, you know, get him going? Yeah, she is actually. Then, yeah, right. And then she all of a sudden, him the buttons. Yeah, and I, 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 maybe I should have gone back and watched the ending a little bit more because I don't think that she was acting robotic. Well, some of them can act so realistic. One of them sneezed, Mike. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so I did. I had that was a question I had too. The 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 corner stuff. The, I, I'm guessing she was a corner. I'm not sure. Teddy. Yeah, she's a corner. Yeah, yeah. she. She talks about how like, oh, we've been working on this one and we we wasted our time because we didn't realize it was it was plastic. It wasn't a body. I'm like, how are you good at your job? <laughs> but I know it's the 80s, so I don't know if they had the modern techniques and all that stuff. But sure. I'm just like, you couldn't tell the difference between flesh and bone and plastic. Well, just say like he wasn't in there. There was some we got like some plastic parts. But I mean, I I, I don't think it was a jump to like. It was definitely robots, doctor. Mm-hmm. It was definitely obviously you're not your first step isn't going to say it's robots. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's going to take you a while to figure that out if you even do. What I think is hilarious is at the end when she's looking at what's clearly just wire and she goes, <gasps> like, really, you're getting that that's a robot yeah. from this this lawnmower part. Like, right, right. how are you getting that it's a robot? <laughs> then she gets the drill in the ear, which we don't show, which is what? Halloween one and two. We would have seen it. You probably would have. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't figure it out. Maybe they couldn't do it. Well, I guess the. They did it because she no, got the, her hair caught in the yeah in, they, when they were doing it. The first guy who did it, the actor got his hair her hair stuck and actually hurt her. Right. So when they went back, they took a weekend off. When they went to go reshoot it, mm-hmm. the director did it himself because right. he didn't want her to get hurt again. Yeah. 
Uh, so that the actress there is Wendy Westberg, and I have a quote that she talked about. She always used to tell her husband or whoever, I guess, that they kept injuring her on the set, and that the as Butler said, the extra caught the drill in her hair. In the movie industry, if you're held for a certain amount of time, you still get paid. So, like, if you're not work, even though you're on, if I'm on set for five days, and then something happens that help, it's hold up, and I'm stuck there, right. I still get paid. I get paid. I keep getting paid for the for those extra days. So she always would joke that. Um, she got like two years of health insurance that this paid for two years of health right. insurance for you. So, so, you know, Hey, I guess it worked out. Nice. But like the, you said, like the director did it. Right. But if the director did it and the drill actually got caught in her hair, that means there's a shot where you actually see the drill going down. No. Uh, oh, maybe, maybe they just kind of redid the shot. So yeah. it wouldn't have That's that. the thing is like, I'm okay. Not like you don't have to make a whole fake skull and drill into it. Okay. You want to save money. Right. But you know, get, get some tension. I want to see the drill getting close. Like I want to be like, Oh snap, is she going to make it? But they cut away and it's just such a long shot from the back. Mm -hmm. This is like, all right, come on. And then she's dead. And you at least give me a pool of blood to let me know, okay, she's dead or something. You know, you get nothing. But that's the other thing is that they don't shy away from violence because when little buddy dies, Brad Shader's character, character, he he dies. It's bad. But it's not his head. It's just a mask. Obviously, it's it's not his real head. But like. They kill a kid. Like, this is the second movie we've done on Halloween yes. for this Forgotten Horror where they've killed the children. Yeah, but they actually showed it in this one. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is, that's a pretty gruesome death. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why I don't understand why they don't show, like, the, the screwdriver, the drill death. Maybe. But the, when he dies, it's cool. But I they, like that. They also have the Marge character who gets zapped in the face and the mouth. And oh, her, and that, that she was the prosthetic, which well. I guess the actress didn't, that, that actress was married to Tom Atkins during, I think, I during the production. That, yeah. yeah. And I guess she refused to wear the prosthetic. Yeah, how do you do a Halloween movie and be like, oh, I don't want a prosthetic on? I don't know. Did you not know about it before you got hired for this? Yeah, maybe that's why they broke up. I don't know. That's pretty gruesome too, though. Yeah. But that's why, I don't, I, again, I don't get the, why you don't do the drill. I'm curious how the prosthetic works because the bug comes out of the mouth. So I'm wondering if it's just her face and then they have the prosthetic on her, but like it's not obviously her mouth. It's the fake. I mouth. would assume it's yeah. like kind of a cup thing going on. So right. The, the cricket or the locust or whatever is in the mouth. Yeah. And then, the it walk, but then it walks up into her hair. Eh, it's a locust. It's not nothing. <laughs> well, not her hair, because it was uh somebody else did it, right? Did they say who did it instead? They, they, they just had a body they just double. Had a body double. Yeah. I uh, do, but the kid dying is so cool. Like it's I guess it's not claymation, but it kind of looks claymation. It must just be a soft head. Because the snake comes out and the jaw lowers as the snake oh, comes it's out of his probably, head. It's just probably it all the bugs and stuff are in the head. Yeah, I'm just wondering yeah. what the head's made out of. It's just nothing. You couldn't you, because you didn't see the head. You just saw the mask. No, because the mask is ripped where his mouth is, so you still see the jaw open. Oh, and the thing oh it's so. probably just some kind of like a like, like a, a fake rubber dummy with a head. fake like, yeah. jaw. In yeah, it. I always wondered in that scene too because the woman, the wife faints, right, and then the guy falls down because he gets bit. But right. I, you just assume he's had a heart attack. I don't. Then the kind of the wife die. The, I mean, eventually she's gonna get bit by the snake. Okay, but like. She just fainted. If she does, the whole point isn't to kill the adults. Sure. Well, you it's can't let them to kill leave. The kid. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> if anybody cleans it up, the automatons are going to go in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. In the first scene when he kills the guy in the hospital, not the first scene, but when that guy's being chased and he gets to the hospital, that's where you kind of meet Chalice and all and all that. Right. Who's, who's having a nice, uh, friendly game of uh, grab and butt with his, with his that's, that's the thing nurse. In the early 80s. Look at doc- uh, doctors get away with everything back then. Uh, so... When he goes in and he grabs the guy's head, I thought, and he, he doesn't break his nose. He pulls he pulls his skull apart. That's what yeah. He, he does. pulls the but I'm just like the eye socket. What's up. happening here? Like I just didn't understand what was going on in, in that part. I thought it was great. I was like, oh, ooh, 
So I'm like, uh, another another suffocation, of course. <laughs> All right, let's go. He's going to die in 10 seconds. And then he goes for the eye. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, and he, he gets the gloop on his hand. And he wipes the gloop all over like the. Oh, the bud? He gets, no, because he has the fingers in his hand. The, yeah, the, the, uh, the eye stuff. Yeah, the yeah. blood and the yeah, eye yeah, goop. Yeah, He's yeah, like yeah. wiping it on the curtain. Yeah. And then he just calmly walks out past the nurse. I just like there's no one in the hospital except the nurse and chalice and there's nobody else there and then the explosion happens and all of a sudden everybody's outside everybody's outside like enjoying the night air yeah like just like <laughs> there's no one other there's i know there's other patients in this hospital but whatever it's probably just low budget that's what you get when they start having everybody come in at the after the explosion they're doing the interviews and the fire guys are there the firemen are there and the police guys are there did you happen to catch the fireman's hat because his badge was flapping Oh no! Yeah, I didn't so see that. like his his hat, he has that like the 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 badge that's up on the top. Right. Of the yeah. It was it was cost. he was cha- he was nodding in the background in his hat, and that would just keep flapping. I go, dude, that looks really fake. Yeah, we'll keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the intent on showing Chalice as a heavy drinker. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, Chalice isn't like he's not a hero. They no. they definitely I think they do a good job of making him not an everyman. But definitely a flawed character who's just put in a situation. Right. He's a womanizing, alcoholic, divorced dad. Yeah. Who happens to be trying to investigate this thing, mostly to just impress Ellie and get into Ellie's pants. Uh, well, to be fair, he didn't really have to do much. Like, oh, she, no, she was, was ready so, to go. Like, she's, it was she's, so out of no, it was so out of left field. I'd be like, well, someone's got some daddy issues, <laughs> like, right away. Uh, it's just like, and I love the fact that... <laughs> She has like a negligee. Like, so you just, you knew you were going on this investigation to find out who killed your father. So you decided to pack this like black silky negligee. No reason she can't still, no reason she can't still have a little fun. (laughs) It was just kind of like, I get it. It's uh, all right. Uh, I guess that's what we're doing. I understand. Um, I guess the actress won't ever, she wouldn't show her kids the movie. She didn't want her kids to watch the movie because of that scene. That's not too bad. Listen, I get that. I, I get it, but. There are other scenes that are worse in a horror movie. Oh, no, totally. No, yeah. I understand. How about how about in the bar he's drinking and he's like, he yells at the guy to turn the change the channel and the guy's yeah. like annoyed. It's like, dude, you have cartoons on. I thought the same thing. I was like, who has cartoons on in the bar? I mean, probably my bar, but <laughs> yeah, change the channel, please. So what did you think about the fact that the movie of the night was Halloween? So technically... This isn't in that. This isn't in that same universe. It's in the you know. I, what I mean? That was a little too heavy of a nod for me. Yeah, I was like, come on, okay, I get it, but come on. I think that's more of a way to get that Halloween story in the movie, just to kind of like show a connection. Do you know what I mean but, to Halloween? But that's showing that there's not really a connection. No, no, no. I know that, but I'm just I. I don't think. But they're listen. This is 1982. They're not thinking like we're thinking now. Where everything connected, connected universe, sure, universe, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that I think that's just their nod of like yes, it's Halloween, like that. Kind sure, of like thing. a clever little nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't a fan, but I get it. <laughs> but the I would have been okay with it if it was on in the background. Yeah, and there was other stuff going on in the scene. But the fact that they like zoom in on the on the commercial mm-hmm. is just like oh, okay. Okay, come on. So also, because while we're cause right now, we're just really just talking about what's in the movie, and I know it's a horror film, so I shouldn't really kind of go down the show, but I will. Uh, there's not much to the investigation in terms of that, like they're not doing it well. Like they show up, they show up to the to the, the warehouse motel. to find out about her father's delivery. Sure. Then Cochran shows up, and he's like, 
how you doing? He's like, oh, Mr. Mrs. Smith. I'm like, dude, you're not fooling anybody. Like, they know why you're there. They <laughs> well, he says Smith and she says a different name. But they're already talking about the order. You already talked about the Bainbridge order. I don't understand. But yeah, like, it's, it's really stupid. But yeah. to be fair, they're also not detectives. They're just two people doing something they're not supposed to be like. No, I get it. I, again, I, I'm not trying to like nitpick that. Uh, I just was like, that seems a little odd. What I thought was stupid was just like, all right. I, I, I thought he was going to go in the trade secret room first. It was mm-hmm. like. Trade secrets. We can't go in that room. I thought Dr. Chalice was just going to go in this room, carded bag. I'm like, who are you? You're not like, you think you're James Bond? Get, mm-hmm. get out of there. But then he leaves. But then Ellie's like, that's my dad's car. And she runs up to the guard. Yeah. It's like, I, I think uh, we're undercover here. What's going on? <laughs> so let's talk about what they do, what the mask company is doing here. Cause you can, you're going to have to explain to me the connection with what is actually going on with the Stonehenge rock and the devices. The Stonehenge rock is magical. Of course. So they Obviously. have chipped through the rock to make the molds that the masks are made out of. And did they say that? Oh no. Cause that's what I assumed. Butler. Yes. That's the three holes in there. And they're also using parts of that rock to make the chip. Okay. The chips have a microchip. The technology side comes from the, just the microchip activates with the commercial. It's not Cochran taking a piece and wiping it on the chip and be like, it's all set. Like whatever that was, whatever he did there where he took, I didn't quite he, get that. Uh, he grabbed the rock and he was just like, yeah. And he's like, I'm like, what is, what are you doing? I didn't quite get that. Okay. I thought they were just making the microchips out of the rock and the masks were formed out of like molded out of the rock. I also, the original but I also like the fact that they, they're visiting there the day before Halloween, right? Yeah. These guys are still working on the, on the stuff. Yeah, like I, I was thinking the same thing. It's too late now, guys. Yeah. Halloween. It's, the you, orders went out. out. Uh, what are you doing? And you still have crates and boxes of, of these masks. This Clearly they it. didn't sell enough. End games tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep these dangerous chips in this cardboard box. That'll just activate if we dump them off. Of <laughs> I did like there was a moment in that scene when they are. Uh, he's like showing them when they have them and they're holding them hostage and, and whatever. Sure. Cochran's talking to them. I think it's actually after that moment when he wipes the the dust on the on the little thing. They actually walk across the the floor and nobody says anything. It's just they're just walking across. It's like it's almost like a good 20 seconds, 30 seconds without dialogue. Oh, sure. Yeah. I was actually okay with that. I was like, oh, this is an interesting choice. I kind of like this. I don't know if that was taking through the lab. I think it's the silence is creepy. The fact that those are automatons. Mm -hmm. It's like all the men don't talk. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of like. Awkward. On purpose. Well, they're mad. They're robots. Exactly. That's yeah, why yeah. it's like, okay, no one's talking. It's very mm-hmm. quiet. No one cares that he's got a hostage in this room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I like that. Okay. I wasn't a big fan of the complete ignoring the guy busting the TV. Like when he kicks the TV and breaks the TV, throws the mask over the camera. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. no one's watching this camera with your only hostage. Yeah. Your issue is you have one guy who might stop all this. And you're not watching that one guy. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I heard that that took, I read that that took 40 attempts or something like that to get the mask on the. Because the director got overzealous because he did it just in one try to be like, all right, we're going to do this for the take. All right. Yeah. Why not, uh, they should have just done it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Put on fishing string. And yeah. Have come back just and just pulled hand. it back. Yeah. Now that, that was a little, that was just like, stay here and then don't escape, but you probably will have to for the movie to continue, but just stay here. It was we like have a, cameras on you. Yeah. We have Ellie strapped down on a table with 300 straps. Yeah. We're just going to put arms around your hands <laughs> and let you like walk around in the spinny chair. Yep. <laughs> yep. I also like when they cut at the end, when they're cutting to all the, 
the, the cities across the country. Uh, they're like, I was confused by that because they do it at a weird time because they go like, it's Halloween now. Yeah. And well, then they cut back and it's not. Well, in this the universe, thing. there's no such thing as time zones. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just like the fact that they take Phoenix, New Orleans. I'm like, it all, it's all LA. Like, I can tell it's Los Angeles. Like, stop telling me it's not Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's fine. <laughs> the uh, magic of movie making. Did you notice that when they're uh, rolling the tape? For the commercial, they hit 666 to roll it. Uh, I saw that on in the, the notes, but I did not catch that in the movie itself. Yeah. I, I got that. On oh, the thing. I was like, ah, oh, look at that. <laughs> but then when Chalice comes in and he's he's trying to deactivate the commercial or whatever, or like mess with the system, he just uh-huh. presses like one, two, three, four, and mm-hmm. like activates something. I'm like, how do you know the code? Why, why would that do anything if it's not programmed for anything? <laughs> how, how about the investigative acumen by Chalice to just question a random bum that he meets in the, in the alleyway. Oh, yeah. Asks him for a sip of his gin. Yeah, sure. Here, pal. No problem. What? what? First what, of all, why? What, what I think is weird is why are you getting a sip of his gin when you have a full bottle? Yeah, you already had a bottle. The next shot. I said that. I was like, you're a had a bottle, jerk. <laughs> Moocher. And then he's like, hey, man, what do you know about this cocker? And why would he know? And then, the whole- he, and then, of course, he's integral to telling he, he knows everything. Absolutely. That's why his head gets ripped off. <laughs> the most unbloody head, head uh, tearing off of all time. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, that's no, they, they do what they show. There's, oh, a, no. there's a spurt like they show it like when it falls over. seconds yeah. after it falls over. They, they, they remind me of the uh, agents in the Matrix sometimes when they're just staring at each other like that. Oh, whole yeah. Thing. I thought that was Slow nod. just the head on top. <laughs> so where this takes place, Santa Maria, California, is actually the setting of the 1956 movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That was done on purpose, obviously, because they were. They were fans of the movie. Connected universe, multiverse. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you know that the original director was Joe Dante? I saw that and I was like, ah, oh, it would have been interesting. He was the one that brought on Neil, uh, Carpenter, obviously, as well. But because he told them, hey, just do something with witches, technology, and yeah. which technically Cochrane's not a witch, he's oh. a warlock, but whatever. We'll just, I guess we'll move past that season of the war. So are all the wizards at Harry uh in Harry Potter, too. <laughs> yeah. So Dante left, he quit to direct the, uh, the one of the segments of the Twilight Zone movie that was coming out. He so, directs the airplane one, right? Uh, I believe so. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was interesting that they actually had an original director there. Uh, did you know what the fluid is that comes out the robot's mouth? Did you it's read that? orange juice concentrate. Yeah, that's gross. How about when... That's uh, sour. <laughs> when, what's his face? Um, when, when Chalice kills one of them. And then they, or he punches one, he punches, he punches it right through and he has it all over his hand and they lift right. him up and it's supposed to be seen where like they've caught him and he's just like, uh, but he still has the wherewithal to just wipe it clear of his hand. I'm like, wait, you wouldn't do that. You, you still got goop on your hand. You, you still, still got, you would let it sit gloop. there. You would just, you, I thought that was just like, <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> I want to have clean hands. What do you think if I wipe my hands here? As a doctor, I would always have clean hands. <laughs> <laughs> I need my clean hands to tap the butts of my nurses. That's why I need them. <laughs> Did you ever pick up or did you ever know about the action figures that came out in 2020? Did you see that? That they actually came out with the pumpkin, the witch, and the skull little characters? Oh, and the action figure-wise, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they came out in the, in the March 2020. So, I mean, I know it's pandemic time, so it's like probably nobody knew it. Um, yeah. But yeah. 
Uh, but also, they when the movie came out, they actually mass produced. I these saw masks. that the same company that made the mask made it's, it, and I would not buy those if I was kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't trust them. So yeah, I as long that as was they don't have the too. chip in the back, well, I just wouldn't trust them. I just wouldn't trust them. But I guess they're out again. They came out a few years ago. A different oh, company has the rights. So starting in like 2017, they came back into circulation. Well, they pop in. They're in other films. They're in. Um, I think I had that note uh, that they are in other movies somewhere. Um. Yes, in the in the 2018 Halloween film, the new the re the reboot. Oh, I think I remember when that happens. Yeah, that are wearing the three masks from Halloween, and then they come back in Halloween Kills. Uh, they and they have the silver shamrock medallions visible on like the rear of the mask. I think that was in when they're in the bar in Halloween Kills. You didn't see Halloween Kills, right? I did. I just okay. haven't seen anything. I think yet. it's when they're in the bar. Or did I by the time this comes out? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's there. And then obviously, if you remember uh, Halloween Ends, uh, the credits of Halloween Ends are like Halloween 3. Uh, they're kind of like the same style. The same that is because I haven't like seen Halloween yeah, Ends yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's on, it's on Peacock. I know. I got to watch it. <laughs> so there is. So you do kind of see it. Still, and it does have a. This movie does have a cult following, even though it sounds like we just hate it, Butler. This movie does have a big time cult Th- following. There's issues with it. But again, this is. And we say this, I say this all the time. This is a movie I'm seeing now mm-hmm. that came out five years before I was born. Mm-hmm. It's 40 years old now. There's so much more horror that has come out after this. But Halloween 3, I mean, Halloween was the first real slasher movie. Mm-hmm. So you've this is only the third mm-hmm. one in this series. So this is still a movie that's going to inspire people, you know, one way or the other. Right. And like movies like that haven't happened before. So I'm coming at it with 40 more years of experience in terms of other horror movies. Back then, you know, I don't think, like I said before, I don't think this movie's half bad. I think it should just be more violent, personally. Right. Okay. Well, then that's good because I thought you were aligning yourself with Roger Ebert because this is on his most hated list or this was on his most hated list. Of movie. course it was. Uh, <laughs> he wrote that the film was a low rent thriller for the, for the from the first frame. This is one of those identikit movies assembled out of familiar parts from other better films. What's the plan? Kill the kids and replace them with robots? Why? So Ebert had some issues. There were no, there was no plan to replace the kids with robots. <laughs> Those kids were just gonna die. He Cochran does kind of sit there and just starts talking about Samra, Samrine, Samain, Samain. Yeah, yeah, he starts talking about the ancient holiday the that ancient Halloween's holiday based on and sacrifice uh, kids, right, and, and stuff like that. So but he, that's that also kind of reminded me of Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. especially when the light came down and he got disintegrated. Cochran gets disintegrated. And the fire starts coming around the factory. Mm-hmm. I was really waiting for that to be like the old gods are back kind of a thing, like the end of Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he failed. He didn't sacrifice him. Oh, maybe. So I, I kind of liked that. Well, I, I like the the reasoning that Michael Caine gives in The Dark Knight, which is like some people just want to watch the world burn. Like oh, that sure. That kind of thing. Like that's that's he could have just said that in that. He, he didn't have to do that speech in this movie. Cochran could just been like, I just want to kill people. <laughs> well, he wants the power because he is a warlock. I hate kids. So it gives him power. <laughs> The point of Robert, a low low rent thriller, that's John Carpenter's whole thing is yeah, he no. makes movies for cheap that are good. Yeah. Like, like he goes out and he does what you should do as like an independent director. Sure. He just goes out with what he has and like, give me a couple million and I'll, I'll make you, you know, 40 million. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a minus. I think that's a, uh, we've talked about that before for Carpenter. That's a plus. Mm-hmm. New York Times reviewer Vincent Canby struggled to apply a definitive label to the film's content. He goes... Halloween 3 manages the not easy feat of being anti-children, anti-capitalism, anti-television, and anti-Irish all at the same time. Why? Because it's Silver Shamrock? Because like, Silver Shamrock and it's an ancient Celtic religion? Yeah, Why yeah. is that? Well, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. 
Jim Harper called Wallace's plot deeply flawed. Any plot dependent on stealing a chunk of Stonehenge and shipping it secretly across the Atlantic is going to be shaky from the start. There are four time zones across the United States, which we talked about. So the Western seaboard has four hours to get the fatal curse-inducing advertisement off the air. Not a great plan. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) But like, that's like, that's one of those like, yeah, I know, but like, that's not why people are at this movie. They're, they're, exactly. That's a, that's a nitpicky. That's yeah. like, that's what you do a podcast to talk about <laughs> it for. Aww. In your actual movie review, it's just like, all right. <laughs> I do think his plan should have been more magic and like just turning the kids and the monsters, but all right. Uh, back, something with the movie, because I want to get to some stuff in terms of the uh, effects of the film now, in terms of what people look back on, on it. Uh, but I want to get to the movies. I wanted to bring this point up before. Uh, I couldn't, I had a tough time with the geography of where Santa Mara is, where the, where the town is that the paper mill is, or not the paper mill, that's what it was. That's the what mask the, the mask, factory. yeah, mask factory was. I had a kind of a tough time where the gas station was, where the guy first goes and says, like, I need your help. And then he drives him in. You know what I mean? Like that's the gas station he ends up at. at the end. He right? does. But like, I'm thinking to myself, you ran that whole way to that gas station from that town. Like how far is this town? Yeah. It does. It, I mean, I assumed everything was in California, so. But no, I get it. I just was a little, I didn't really know where things were. And again, maybe that's, that's not Also, did he run all the way or did he drive back? No, he was car. driving and then the car crashed and then he started, then he went on foot. Oh, he didn't just start the car up yeah, again? Yeah, no, no, okay. no. Because he runs to the gas station. He runs in, doesn't he? Oh, maybe I, I don't forgot remember. I don't, I think. So I know he gets back in the car again after they crash. Then the hand attacks him. I thought he got back oh, in the car again. Oh, maybe ends. you're right then. Maybe they but just regardless, didn't show it. it's still the same night. So right, and it was closing in on nine o'clock to begin with. Mm-hmm. So it can't be that far away. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess it's all right. No, no, your 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 complaint still stands. No, no, it's fine. Just because I'm saying he didn't run doesn't mean he didn't get there in five minutes. True. So I wanted to talk about uh, kind of like the critique of the film now when people look back. I guess there's a lot of academics that have chimed in on halloween three okay like, like historian nicholas rogers who points that the points to an anti-corporate message where an otherwise successful businessman turns oddly irrational and seeks to promote a more robotic future for commerce and manufacture cochran's astrological obsessions of psychotic hatred of children override overrode excuse me his business sense so it's so he's like kind of pushing that anti-capitalism i don't get that it's not that he, cochran hated children he loved jokes and toys mm-hmm but he also loved power. Mm-hmm. These kids had to die at this time while the planets were aligned every 3000 years. He says I like believe they, so, they yeah. had to, to get power. Otherwise he made his money off of kids. He, he made his money off of making joke stuff. He still loved the, the toys and stuff. Right. But why the so, massive sacrifice? Why not just sacrifice 10? Why does it have to be millions? Um, I would power? assume the more, yeah, okay. the more you kill, the more you right. get. But because he puts that into play, he's going to, just receive more power. Yeah. Okay. Because he's the last, pretty much last remaining warlock. Right, right, right. And the only one at least who has the money to put technology behind it. <laughs> I, I think the anti-capitalism or the anti-corporate message is just kind of, I don't think it, it obviously it's intent, but I don't think it's like I'm making an anti-corporate film. I think that that's just kind of what, why is this guy bad? He's a businessman. The businessman is the bad guy. So right. it does not make it anti-corporate. It just yeah. makes that guy the bad guy. Yeah. Tony Williams argues that the film's plot signified the results of the victory of the patriarchal corporate culture. So like another one right there, you know, but this time we're talking about the patriarchy. You're staring at me. I mean, like, I mean you got, they're like really digging. Th- I will say that in terms of the patriarchy, it's like tells his wife to shut up. You know, she's, she's like <laughs> on the phone all the time. Like she's like clearly no good. Well, 
Chalice apparently sleeps stuff exactly. with every Chalice woman he talks isn't with. Isn't really good either. Yeah. So, so I, I don't think it's really. He's, he's talking. He's not great to his wife. He he sleeps with this girl who is clearly twenty years his senior. He slept with the coroner, and then when she yeah, asks, and she's coffee, like, he and, blows yeah. her off and walks away. Yeah. Hey, do this for me, thanks. Maybe we can get a call. Oh. Okay. And she's still pining. She's still kind of flirting with him over the phone, and like when they're talking, I'm like, this guy's not a good guy. <laughs> Uh, Martin Harris writes that Halloween three contains an ongoing cynical commentary on American consumer culture upset over the commercialization of the Halloween holiday. Cochran uses quote, the very medium he abhors as a weapon against itself. Uh, Harris also discusses other big business critiques in the film, including the unemployment of local workers and the declining quality of mass produced products. Uh, I mean, that's a lot. That's reading a lot into it. These people are really digging into it to get more out of this, this 83 minute (laughs) Halloween movie than what's really in it. Yeah, it's just I mean, come on. Well, you talked a little bit about how he's using uh, um, I don't I, I guess he I didn't get that Cochran hates TV. Is he talking about TV as the as the weapon, the medium he's using as a weapon? Or is he talking about the kids, the novelties, the masks, the novelties yeah, playing okay. one last joke on the kids with the with the ultimate joke? Yeah. He's but that, not, yeah, I don't think he ever talks about having an anti TV message. I mean, I guess you could say that. The, Showing all the kids in front of the screens like a bunch of zombies mm-hmm. is uh, is maybe like showing a message like, "Hey, you kids watch too much TV." Yeah, but this is a guy that makes his money off of TV. I I really don't think that's the message he's going for. And the the, the cynical commentary of the consumer culture, consumer culture commercialization of everything—that's what the '80s was all about. So that's probably that's a common theme everywhere. Sure, and that's the malls are coming. Malls are going to be start being built, and and it's just that's if they can package it and sell it, that's what the eighties was. Got to buy those masks. Yeah. But I've also watched shows and movies from the, the, the thirties, forties and fifties that are also about consumerism yeah. and like going up. It's not new. Yeah. It's, it's no, not like, I, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I, what I'm saying is that his, him, it's just one of every, like, it's not. Yeah. This isn't, um, this is a movie of that time. There are, dozens hundreds of movies that talk about this kind of same idea right i mean we, we mentioned robocop because charles yeah. cochran's in robocop yeah that's the, oh, Hurley, one of the yeah. main <laughs> yeah. yeah that's one of the main themes of robocop yeah it's just like it keeps going no no i know robocop's 87 so like uh, it's almost the entire that. 80s yeah. Yeah. yeah no no no. i get it i i, t- I totally understand that and i'm j- i just don't think it's a it's a beacon of all that it's there's tons of other ones that do yeah, they're that. just looking way too deep into this yeah. movie. uh so who would you suggest this to then? Who would you like if someone says like I need a movie suggestion, who would you suggest this to? I think you have to like 80s horror films. You have to you can't show it to like a kid who's like only likes modern horror films because they're just going to get disinterested and shut it off. Maybe. I would think anyone who likes the Halloween franchise, mm-hmm. give this one a chance. It's interesting. It's different. I think if you like. Obviously, I'm going to say if you like X-Files, if you like things like that, where it's like a horror, but it's also kind of a thriller mystery. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not your typical scary quote unquote Halloween movie, mm-hmm. and I mean that in a general sense. It's really like a an interesting mix of genres, which I thought one of the reviewers you were saying was going to talk about how it's an interesting mix of genres, but then he talked about an interesting mix of themes, and I was yep. like, all right, calm down. <laughs> it's it's a thriller, it's a mystery, and it's a horror film all kind of wrapped up in one, mm-hmm. uh, which I find it was it was interesting. I think it kept my attention. And again, it's not John Carpenter, but it's got a lot of John Carpenter feel to it. Well, he produced it. So if you like yeah. Carpenter, it's got that music. It's got that low budget feel, but they're still doing something with a nothing budget. Sure. Like we talk about how everything's empty. The town's empty. Yeah. Conveniently curfew. Yeah. The factory has just the but nobody, same no, but, it, but nobody cares about that if the movie's it's, good. Exactly. Yeah. But you it's make it work. It's funny to point out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you like Carpenter, if you like that kind of stuff, 
And if you like the Michael Myers movie, I think you should give this a chance. Uh, just to your point about people who like modern horror. I mean, if you're a really true horror movie aficionado, like now, sure, you should go back and watch a lot of these older horror. Oh, films absolutely, because you, the, the, uh, because <laughs> every, well, all these movies that you're watching now stand on the shoulders of all those films that were done before. Yeah, you can't do these movies now without those films. Those films are influences in in various different ways, directly and indirectly. So I think it's any any movie lover should always watch older films. We always have this conversation about people. Or like I don't watch anything past 1993. It's like, well, you're you're screwing up here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Like you you should always watch the movies that came before him because they're not. No one's saying they're great, but they they served a purpose. Some of these films, you know, gave you what films you have now. Yeah. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like a lot of these directors now are influenced by those older films. Uh, so so yeah. So I definitely think you should do that. Why do you think it's forgotten? Because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it. That's a big thing. I mean, yeah. that's. I think that's what disappointed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. This is before Friday the Thirteenth, still, right? By the time three came out. Uh, no. Well, there's no is, Jason Voorhees yet. I don't think. I think Friday the Thirteenth was mid. It was eighty four. The first one. I'm looking at them now. Okay. Well, let me go on my point. Then you can correct me if I'm wrong. That I think that. You know, even back then, like you still had two Michael Myers movies, so you're still going to go into the third one expecting your killer to be back, even though that's kind of the start of it. So I think people watching this movie were like, where's Laurie Strode? Oh. Where's, when did it come out? So Friday 13th is 1980, where I'm wrong, big time. 80, 80, part two is 81, part three is 82. Okay, so by now you had two Michael Myers Man, they're movies. cranking them out. Jason's already <laughs> keeps stalking through a bunch wow. of different films. So I think you want your slasher to come back. Holy cow, 80. This is part one, 80. Yep. Two is 81. Part two is 81. Part three is 82. Final chapter, which is four, is 84. Part five is 85. Part six is 86. Wow. Part seven is 88. Good, good good for you. Just cranking them out. I love it. Although Voorhees isn't the main bad guy in one. He still appears at the oh, end. Okay. Well, first of all, don't spoil it. And second of all, yeah, I know. But but, but the but, fact that they're just, well, the fact that the, they're just putting oh, them no, out I'm not, impresses yeah. me. Yeah. But I'm saying to the fact of why it's forgotten, I think you're just watching these kind of movies waiting for your me and monster to come out. Sure. Sure. So sure. like the idea of like an anthology movie series, I think is a great idea, mm -hmm. but also has never really happened as far as I like the Cloverfield movies are trying that to varying degrees of success. You know, trick or treat is an anthology horror film in itself. Same with the twilight zone movie. Mm -hmm. There are vignettes, but within one film, it's, it's interesting. I, I would want to see that again, somebody to bring back like maybe one common theme or through way throughout a horror film, but it's all different stories. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of like something you and I were working on once upon a time. What's that? Uh, with the different horror horror things all taking place within oh. the same, like just one through line, but they yeah. all take place. Mm -hmm. I think it's ingenious that they that Carpenter wanted to do something like that. I just don't think audiences were ready for something like that back mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. And I also don't think it's scary enough. Uh, it's a different type of of scary. Yeah. So, but I I wonder. I always wonder back then how long people stayed in the theater waiting for Mike Myers to come on screen. Like, I just, I just, like, oh, you know what they I mean? definitely waited for those could credits rolled. Could you imagine working back there at a movie theater? The guy's like, yo, I've been in this movie for 45 minutes. When's Myers coming out? Like, I just, <laughs> I just, I, I, that always interests me. I, I obviously, cause we both worked in the biz, uh, movie theater business. He's in a commercial. A while. He's not coming out. Is he? He's not coming out. <laughs> I, I, I wanted Michael Myers. Come on. Yeah. I just, I always wonder like, what it was like working back then during these times. I mean, granted, I started working for the theater business for this 93. So I was there for the, the, the tail end of Jason, like Jason goes to hell and Jason X and all that stuff. Right. But um, uh, I've always wondered beforehand, like, like just how was it? I want my five bucks back. I said, I <laughs> wanted bucks. money. I exactly. gave you five bucks for the Michael Myers movie. 
There's no Michael Myers in this because you know exactly. people were saying that to buy tickets for it. Of course. It. They weren't saying Halloween 3. They were saying the Michael Myers movie. It wasn't five bucks back then, was it? When I started. I, I don't know. When I started in, it might have been. When I started in 93, tickets were six seventy five for an evening show. Oh, then they must have been five bucks or even probably less. Six seventy five. You can't even double that. You still can't get what you get for the IMAX, which is like 19 something. That's right. Those were the days. I'm actually probably more if you go on Saturday night. Oh, that premium pricing, right. premium seating. Yeah. Screw that. <laughs> All right. Mike, where can they find us? You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can find us on YouTube. When you're on YouTube, go ahead and like, subscribe, all that good stuff. It really does help the channel grow. I know everyone says that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, studies have shown that it really does help. Cite your sources. <laughs> uh, so go check us out. Like and subscribe. Uh, we've got a ton of other episodes. I know this Forgotten Horror Batch was the first batch we actually filmed. Filmed, mm-hmm. uh, But we have a bunch of other commercials you can check out. We have commercials now you can check out for mm-hmm. this new season. And uh, we also have merch. Check it out. Forgotten Horror 5. Uh, you can get t-shirts. We got mugs. We've got all sorts of different stuff. You can go to our shop uh, where you can go to ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com and there's going to be a link to our store page. And uh, you can uh, support us by buying some awesome merch and wearing T-shirts like this. <laughs> you don't have to get it in black. It comes in. Other it comes colors. in other colors. I feel doesn't like black shirts. I normally don't either. Nope. But it's Halloween, so it's I wear. Dark as I'll get. Dark Heather. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, Dark Heather is one of the shirts. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so thank you for staying with us for these five episodes. This was obviously a little test in the water, a block of films. You know, we we stopped this podcast uh, ten months ago. You're watching this in October, so ten months ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we like, I always knew that we would come back for little blocks here and there. So I figured the forgotten horror is always a big favorite of Mike. So I knew that like that he would go for that. So, and, <laughs> and we wanted to do the YouTube stuff because we really wanted to see how, if that helps and how right. that, how that helps, you know, so it's kind of like, let's see what this does. Let's see how it performs. And, you know, we can make some decisions later on. No promises. Sorry, Mike, no promises, but, um, <laughs> but no, but this was fun. This was good to do. It's, it's a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a work, bit of get everything set up and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure you're going to hear us multiple times say we're always looking for somebody to help us out. So if you want to be a third <laughs> member of forgotten horror, forgotten cinema, excuse me, you know, that's a big step for us to kind of keep going. So uh, right. But right now, you know, this is it for now. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you like the movies. You didn't like the movies. If you, you just disagree with anything we said, please, we'll talk. We are big fans of having discussions about films. Um, nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. It's just talking about movies is the, is the, is the right thing. So we are definitely, if you disagree with us, that's great. No big deal. Like we, we get things wrong. I'm I mean, it'll hurt me a little bit inside, but I'll get over. Mike it. is more of a horror guy than I am. So I don't come at it as I don't come up to these films as somebody who like loves horror. Like I don't watch as much horror as I watch maybe other genres. Um, so I'm, I'm also not an obsessive horror. Oh, that's either. okay though. Do you just still direct all your <laughs> Cause I don't want, I don't want those people coming direct at me. Direct all your obsessive horror <laughs> questions to public. But anyways, so, so we are open to talk about films. We just, we just love movies and, 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 and what, so, sure. um, and we love talking about them. So, but thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until then, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. No, wait, it's been Forgotten Horror Season 5. A new beginning that's now over. You can still keep it spooky though, y'all. In a creepy way? Always in a spooky, creepy way, absolutely. <laughs> but there's been canceled. Now I'm looking for a new host. Oh.
face. Time's up. Let's go. I have to take you back. Aw, do I have to? Listen, I tried, I mean, I really tried to keep you out. But a contract's a contract. Oh, all right. Good news, though. While I was back up here, I was able to learn a whole bunch more film facts. Oh, yay. Did you know that Steven Spielberg has been thanked more times at the Oscars than God? Hey, do you know him? Spielberg, I mean, not God. Although, who can tell the difference? Am I right? Have you seen Raiders of the Lost Ark or Jurassic Park or... Wait, why do I even have to listen to you? Don't you have a torture of some sort to spend eternity in? My torture is to never do my podcast again. (laughs) Holy crap, you are so lame. You want to know what's really lame? Did you know that we could have had Sean Connery as the leader of Zion in the Matrix trilogy? How cool would that have been? He regretted it turning it down, though, in the end, so he took leave of Extraordinary Gentlemen afterward basically because of FOMO. Curse you, Michael Fields!